Hey everyone, welcome back to Explain Like I'm 5, or ELI5, the weekly podcast where we take the questions you've always wanted to ask and talk about them in a way that's easy to understand. We are your hosts, I'm Tim. Hey, I'm Kevin. So Kevin, I just got back from a friend's wedding this weekend. Cool, how was it? It was great. Nice church, great food, amazing people, and the bride and groom were, you know, just happy and love. But... But, but, but what? But my five-year-old has a ton of questions about weddings now, and I need some answers. Okay, well, there's a lot to cover. Um, weddings, you know, go across every tradition and culture and time we have. But let's try and go ahead and see if, if we can answer some of the more common and interesting questions here. Okay, well, here's one to start. Who created the tradition of not seeing the bride in the wedding dress beforehand? Yeah, so, so this tradition exists because actually in the past, women were basically, um, quote-unquote, traded into a richer family by marriage. Uh, and in this way, they were mm. kept far away from the guy because the poor family actually they didn't want to risk him not liking her looks or backing out. Uh, so that's actually kind of essentially why the origin of why brides wear veils, too. It kept the groom from finding out what the bride looked like until the last possible minute when it was maybe too late to back out of the transaction. Um, there, was, there is actually one thing you may not know about, though, is that in actually in Jewish weddings, the groom is required to see the bride before the ceremony during a contract signing. This is actually because of the Rachel Leah mix-up in the book of Genesis. Ah, yes. This is the story where Jacob works for seven years to marry Rachel, uh, the younger sister, but ends up being deceived by the father to marry Leah, the older sister. Yeah, exactly. That's the one. So here's another common phrase I've never fully understood. They say something old, something new, something borrowed, and mm -hmm. something blue. What's this all about? Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, it's an old Victorian rhyme that is a time-honored tradition uh, supposed to bring the bride good luck, actually. So wearing something old here expresses that the newlywed couple's desire to retain connections with their family once they enter into married life. Uh, wearing something new, on the other hand, conveys that the couple is creating the new union that will endure forever and look into the future for health, happiness, and success. Something borrowed is an opportunity here for the bride's friends or family to lend uh, them something special as a token of their love. And finally, something blue is a symbol of fidelity. Why blue? Where did the color blue come from in all of this? Uh, the color blue kind of stands for love, purity, fidelity. So some say this custom began in ancient Israel, where brides wore a blue ribbon in their hair to symbolize this promise to their new husbands. I see. And there's actually an end to the rhyme, which most people forget about these days. Uh, so the full version actually is something old, something new, something borrowed, something blue, and a sixpence in her shoe. <laughs> so placing a penny in hmm. the bride's shoe is supposed to bring her a life filled with good fortune. I see. So we touched on some Jewish wedding traditions earlier, but there's a Jewish wedding tradition where the bride and groom get raised in chairs and hold a cloth. What's that about? Yeah, yeah. The, the raising of the chair here uh, comes from the fact that traditionally the men and women were separated during the reception. Uh, so there was a divider running down the middle of the room. So the groomsmen would lift the groom over the divider and the bridesmaids would then also lift the bride so that the two could see each other. And aren't Jewish weddings also the ones where the groom smashes a glass at the end of the wedding? Why does he do that? Mm -hmm. So the reason for the smashing of the glass is to symbolize that even during such a happy occasion as a wedding, we need to remember that life is fragile. Uh, there's actually even another similar custom in German weddings. Uh, uh, tell believe... me about that. 
Yeah, yeah, I believe it's a pre-wedding tradition in Germany where guests throw porcelain on the ground and break them, break them essentially to bring luck to the couple. And what does that symbolize? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Work, working through future difficulties because um, well, the couple must clean everything up. It's called mm. uh, Polterband, roughly translatable to Rumble Evening. It's fun, and guests may also do stuff like decorating the couple's bedroom with tons of toilet paper, you know, re-emptying the already cleaned up porcelain shards back in the yard for a second round of fun. Okay, so here's another question that always comes up a lot. Hit me. So if someone objects during the wedding ceremony, you know, that point in time mm -hmm. where the, the priest asks, what happens next? Uh, so, I mean, you know, probably someone gasps and the objector is probably not invited to future weddings. Uh, but legally speaking, there is no real consequence. I mean, the priest, judge, rabbi, whoever is officiating, they don't have any requirement to listen to the disruptor. A wedding can proceed after any objection, provided that you know the bride, groom, officiator still want the marriage to proceed, right? Um, so, but if one of them changes their mind as a result of the objection, obviously it's not gonna happen. It's not gonna happen that day anymore. <laughs> I am curious if that actually happens outside of the movies. And that actually reminds me, there are some folks that I need to ask about this. Oh, who? Well, it was just the other week I met these two longtime wedding photographers from Canada. Um, their names are Lisa and Rebecca. Um, really great folks. That's true. They must have some great stories. Well, yes, and even better, uh, they've got a podcast. It's called The Secret Life of Weddings, and they talk about all these different types of stories. When I hear of the tales in some of their episodes, our conversation that we've just had here seems severely lacking in drama. Uh, one episode, for example, was entitled The One Where the Bride Reads Her Cheating Fiancé's Text During the Actual Wedding <laughs> Ceremony. So that's the uh, secret life of weddings? Yep, that's the one. If you can't get enough of wedding stories, that's the place to go. Cool. I'll go and check it out. Did you learn something new today? If you did, send us a tweet. Uh, just tweet us a thumbs up to ELI5ThePodcast. Or send us your requests for future episodes. As always, a big thank you to the subreddit Explain Like I'm Five, and we will see you all next week.